Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I want to consider a consideration of the role of songs and hymns in the corporate worship of God's people, and particularly about public prayer through the singing of hymns, psalms, and songs. Let me direct your attention to some verses of Scripture. First of all, reading from Psalm 149, the first couple of verses. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord, that is, sing to Yah a new song, his praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel celebrate its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name. Many times we're exhorted in the Psalms to praise God, to take words with us and come into the presence of God, extolling him for who he is and extolling him for his great and mighty works on behalf of his people. Now this theme also continues into the New Testament. But the New Testament also adds some dimensions to the use of songs, hymns, and psalms in the worship of God. And so I want to direct your attention to two other passages of Scripture, both of which have in their immediate context the assembly of believers. For instance, in Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes concerning the assembly of God, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Notice the context and what it is telling us. The word of Christ, that's the message of Christ, needs to dwell in us, in us corporately as well as in us individually. And when it dwells with us corporately, then we are to engage in the singing of psalms so that we can teach and admonish one another in wisdom, so that we can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. And in so doing, we might be sharing our testimony or we might be voicing a particular prayer to God. We might be praying for one another, praying for ourselves, or for God's kingdom to come on earth. In Ephesians chapter 5, again, the context. The context here is about being filled with the Holy Spirit. What's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Here the Apostle Paul gives us this evidence. He says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. He means the Holy Spirit. Addressing one another, that's speaking to one another, in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here's some exhortations, some instructions, if you please, commandments in God's word concerning the use of hymns, psalms, songs, in the worship of God. 
Now, our psalms and songs in the worship of God should be directed either vertically, that is, directly to God, or horizontally, one to another, although in the process we may also be speaking to ourselves the Word of God. It's very important when we're singing hymns that we think about the lyrics, that we engage our minds and our hearts with what we are singing. The singing in the worship of God in the assembly of his people is not for entertainment. It is for the worship and exaltation of God, and it is for the building up, the strengthening, the encouraging, and the teaching of the people of God. Public worship in the assembly of Christians is directed to Christians, not to non-Christians. It's directed to a body, not simply to oneself. Now, it's true that when we are encouraged ourselves, that we can encourage others, but many times some Christians simply take the attitude that they want to be fed, they want to be encouraged, they want to feel this or that, and they're not thinking about their role as worshipers jointly with others so that there is a joint engagement with God through the singing of hymns. After all, the singing of hymns, psalms, etc., is the primary way in which the people participate in the worship of God. Other parts of the service are often carried by an individual or a group of individuals, but in the singing, the whole group is often or should be definitely involved. Now, in today's section, I want us to consider the singing of hymns, specifically prayer hymns, in reference to the third movement in the worship, which is the reading and hearing and teaching or proclamation of God's Word. Now, again, I have to take the structure of our own particular assembly as my guide uh, in teaching. This is not the only way it has to be, but it is the way we do it, and therefore, I think it's a way that I can uh, share with you, a way that will exalt the Lord Jesus and build us all up in the faith. So I want to look back at the worship service that I was using as a model that we engaged in in our congregation uh, a few weeks ago. And that particular Sunday was July the 10th. And in the third movement of worship, we come to hear the Word of God. And before we read the Word of God each week, we usually have a scripture that tells us why we're doing this. And the particular scripture this Sunday was, we possess a more reliable, uh, the prophetic word to which we do well if you pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place. And then we read from the word of God, the scriptures, something from the First Testament, what we call the Old Testament, usually something from the Psalms, something from the New Testament epistles, and something from the gospel narratives. And then later, the preaching of the word, there will be a reading of the scripture that specifically is being expounded on this particular Lord's Day gathering. On this particular Sunday, we engaged in the reading of 2 Chronicles 20, 3 to 22, an exhortation, Psalm 78, verses 15 through 39, which is about unbelief. Our New Testament letter was in Hebrews uh, chapter 3, verse 2 through 4, chapter 2, an exhortation, and the New Testament passage in Mark 2, 1 through 12, which was faith 
in action. And after we read the Word of God, we then respond by saying, the Word of God, thanks be to God. Now, sometimes in the reading of the Scripture, we will sing a psalm. Now, on that particular Sunday, we did not do so. But on another Sunday, that is the Sunday, I think, of July the uh, 10th or the 7th, we, we did engage in the singing of a psalm uh, in connection with our scripture lessons. And that particular Sunday, uh, the, the Word of God centered on uh, belief and unbelief and as an exhortation, uh, some of which I, I just mentioned to you from the Hebrews passage. And then we did sing a psalm. We sang Psalm 10 in the worship God. And Psalm 10, we sang a paraphrase of it uh, by Timothy Dudley Smith. It's a psalm based on Psalm 10 in my hour of grief and need. And so we sang this psalm, which captures the essence of the psalm itself. And it's something in which the worshiper is engaging about what they do when they're faced with grief or need. And so it's not a direct prayer to God, but it is something that encourages. And this is what Timothy wrote. In my hour of grief or need, when a friend is friend indeed, now when Satan walks abroad, be not far from me, O Lord. When the powers of evil ride through the world in open pride, flaunting sins in boasted shame, bringing contempt upon your name. When the godless hosts are strong, when their mouths are filled with wrong, bitterness, deceit, and fraud, be not far from me, O Lord. When the poor become their prey, when the weak are led astray, right is wrong and truth is lies, then, O Lord, our God, arise. Powers of darkness bring to grief, Break the hold of unbelief. Sound anew the quickening word. Rise among us. Come come among us, Lord. Then shall vice and falsehood fail. Truth and righteousness prevail. All his ransom people sing, God their everlasting king. But notice that on the different uh, verses, there is a prayer in which what we're talking about is turned into a prayer to God in which we ask God to help. We ask God to be present. We ask God to intervene. And so a psalm of instruction, a psalm of encouragement, also becomes a psalm of prayer. Now, on another Sunday, we had the preaching of the Word of God. And after the preaching of the Word of God, often there is a a psalm or a song or hymn that will capture something about the sermon itself. Now again, on July the 10th, when we engaged in worship, the pastor uh, spoke on the cancer of unbelief from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Before he preached his sermon on that, we sang what I called a sermon hymn, which is, on this Sunday, it was, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. You see, we're going to talk about the cancer of unbelief, but we want, to, we want to cancel unbelief by an exhortation to believe. And so even before he begins to preach the word, we sing about the fact that our faith has found a resting place. It's an older hymn, but it reads as follows. 
My faith is found a resting place. From guilt, my soul is freed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Now, the song goes on uh, in this kind of frame. It is a psalm of teaching and of exhortation. And each one has a refrain. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It's enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. It's a hymn of testimony, a hymn of of faith and expression of faith. And then the pastor preached on the cancer of unbelief with this particular focus of verse 5 of Mark 6. And he, that is Jesus, could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And our previous scripture readings all related to that, which was found in 2 Chronicles 20, 3 through 22, Psalm 78, 15 through 39, the New Testament, Hebrews, and then the Mark 2, ones that I've mentioned earlier in the service. Now, when the sermon is ended, we had a hymn of response, which was a prayer hymn. And the prayer hymn is called, Help My Unbelief. Uh, Do you see the logic that's involved in the worship of God? We hear the Word of God, we engage with the Word of God, we respond to the Word of God. This is how we worship God, through the reading of his word and the preaching of his word. We must engage our minds. We must engage our hearts, our emotions, and our bodies as we speak words of faith, as we speak prayers or sing hymns of prayers. This particular hymn is written by Dustin Battles, and it reads as follows. It's a prayer to God. Help my unbelief. I can trust you when I see every step you've planned for me. But when winds and waves arise, fear awakens in my eyes. Why do I distrust and fear? You will never disappear. Reach into this stormy sea. Hear my cry and rescue me. I believe. Yes, I believe. Help, O Lord, my unbelief. I believe. Yes, I believe. Help, O Lord, my unbelief. And he continues. And each time there's this refrain, I'm fully satisfied. When my heart delights in Christ. But when I give in to sin, only hallowed joys remain. Who can satisfy but you? You can fill me through and through. Quench my thirsty soul, O Lord, that my joy may be restored. I know you are good to me when you send prosperity. But when peace gives way to pain, in frustration I complain. How could I find fault with you? You're always just and good. Grant me faith, not just relief. Help, oh, help my unbelief. I believe. Yes, I believe. Help, oh, Lord, my unbelief. I believe. Yes, I believe. Help, oh, Lord, my unbelief. You see, we can use the singing of hymns in our worship as an expression of our faith as an expression of our trust, as an expression of our longing, as an expression of our faith, as something that can reveal areas of our lives that need to be adjusted by the grace and power of Almighty God. The singing of hymns in worship is not simply for the expression of praise to God or for the expression of feeling faith 
Torah. It is also for the purpose of teaching, for the purpose of praying, as well as of exhortation, of praise. So I encourage you, as God's people, when you engage in worship through the singing of psalms and hymns, read the text. Concentrate on its lyrics, on what it means and what it says. Engage your mind and heart with Almighty God. You'll find that you are encouraged and your fellow believer is encouraged in faith and in able to express anew our faith, our confidence, and love for the God who has saved us by his sovereign grace. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, praise the Lord in the singing of psalms and hymns.